Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey. Hello, it's Paul Byron of the Vancouver Giants. I'm Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. I'm Dylan Cousins of the Westbridge Hurricanes. Hey guys, this is Cam Hurt. Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. It's Alex Turcotte from Team USA. Hi, it's Maurice Sider from the and I'm. This is Alex Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. Major Junior. They were the best in the QMJHL. And now the Huskies are Memorial Cup champions. NCAA. Everybody in that Bulldog section's on their feet. The bench is ready to party as the UMD Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. The World Juniors. Time winding down, and Finland has won the World Junior Championship in Vancouver in spectacular style. The NHL Draft. With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. And more. Unbelievable. Wow. Incredible. This is the Pipeline Show. All right. Good weekend. Welcome to another episode of the Pipeline Show. It is the 2020 World Junior Preview Special, and uh, we'll get to what's coming down the pipe here momentarily. But as always, we start with the question of the day. I put that out on Twitter on Thursday because I wanted to get some responses in time for uh, when I put the show together on Friday morning. And the question of the day is, I want to know your uh, final standings in the 2020 World Junior Championship. And I don't just mean on the podium. Let's go all the way down to uh, 10th place. And uh, my predictions, I, I put those out as well. And I uh, I put the asterisks. I said, ask me again in five days because things could change. And I actually have talked to people you know, for this episode of the show, which you'll hear later on, and they may or may not have changed my opinion or further informed my opinion. Uh, but when I tweeted out the question, here's what I had. Here's what I had. Canada, one, followed by the U.S. and Russia. The Swedes, finishing uh, in fourth place, losing the bronze medal game against Russia. Then I have the Czechs, Finland, Switzerland, seventh. Slovakia, Germany ends up ninth. And Kazakhstan ends the tournament in 10th place. That's what I have. Now, I wanted to hear from you, and I did hear from a bunch of people. Tommy has picked the U.S. to finish up first, followed by Russia and Canada. So the same uh, podium, uh, but in slightly reversed order. So he has Sweden fourth with uh, Finland fifth. And then the Swiss, the Czechs, who are at home, finishing seventh. I'd be surprised by that. Uh, Germany, Slovakia, and Kazakhstan to round things out. Uh, except you can't have two teams from the same pool finishing ninth and 10th because the 5th place teams from both pools end up being the ninth and place ninth and 10th place teams because they play each other in the relegation. So, sorry, Tommy. Uh, Lucas has the U.S. winning, followed by Russia and Canada, with Sweden 4th and Finland 5th, the Czechs 6th, Switzerland, Slovakia, Germany, and Kazakhstan. Another reply, this one only with the uh, medals, Canada 1, the Czechs 2, and Finland 3. Here's another vote for the U.S. to win it all, followed by Russia and Canada, Finland, Sweden, the Czechs, Switzerland, Slovakia, Germany, and Kazakhstan. So lots of people who are actually... Gavin actually chimed in and said, wow, lots of people putting Canada ahead of the U.S. I think I'm the only one that actually had Canada ahead. Oh, and the the person only put in the three medalists. Uh, But most people actually who replied to my question of the day have picked the United States uh, to win 
the World Junior Tournament this year. You can get involved in the question. Follow me on Twitter if you're not already. At TPS underscore Guy is where you can get me on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. And if you want to uh, throw in some reasoning behind your picks, uh, you can do that as well. Going to go quickly through the uh, news and notes portion so we can get to the uh, the World Junior Preview. So we'll have four guests. We'll actually have five uh, guest segments, though. I'm going to handle the, the Canadian one uh, at the end, but uh, I'll tell you who's coming down the pipe here momentarily. But news and notes, we'll start in the CHL. The top prospect game roster has been named. No surprise, the four goalies, Nico Dawes of the Guelph Storm, who's over in uh, the Czech Republic right now with Canada for uh, the World Junior Championship. Uh, Dylan Garand, or I believe it's uh, Garand, uh, with the Kamloops Blazers. Brock Gould of the Victoria Royals and uh, Sam Hlavich uh, with the Sherbrooke Phoenix. He's also over in the World Junior Championship. The defensemen who have been invited, Justin Barron is one of them, but because of his blood clot issues, I don't believe he's actually going to be taking part. Uh, Luke Prokop of the Calgary Hitman, I believe, has uh, been called in to uh, replace him. Uh, Lucas Cormier from Charlottetown, Jamie Drysdale with the Erie Otters, Caden Gooley of Prince Albert, Damon Hunt of the Moose Jaw Warriors, also injured right now. That happened here in Edmonton, and uh, that was a scary situation where uh, he was cut on the arm, and uh, it happened right in front of their bench. So didn't I mean it wasn't one of those incidents like the Tucker Tynan one? My gosh, that was scary. Uh, but you know he was ushered off the ice right away. Uh, it was it was so quick that uh, he was injured and uh, taken uh, off the ice that uh, didn't even notice it at the time. Just saw some blood on the ice and. Uh, Knew something had happened, but didn't know even know who it was at the time. Anyway, so Damon Hunt uh, was named to the team, but I don't imagine he's going to be playing. I don't know that for certain, though. Uh, Timo Nickel from the Drummondville Voltageur. Ryan O'Rourke of the Sioux Greyhounds. Jeremy Poirier of uh, St. John. A Brandon defenseman, Braden Schneider. Donovan Sabrango of the Kitchener Rangers. Christopher Setoff from the Red Deer Rebels. And Jack Thompson of the Sudbury Wolves. There's your defenseman group. The forwards, Maverick Bork of Shawinigan, Quinton Byfield from the Sudbury Wolves, Brandon Coe of North Bay, Will Cooley from the Windsor Spitfires, Jack Finley from Spokane, Tyson Forster of the Barry Colts, Windsor forward, Jean-Luc Foodie, Ridley Grigg from the Brandon Weekings, Seth Jarvis of Portland, Alexi Lafreniere of Ramouski, Hendricks Lapierre from Chicoutimi, Dawson Mercer of the Voltageur, Jake Neighbors here with the Edmonton Oil Kings, Cole Perfetti, from Saginaw, Jacob Perot of uh, Sarnia, Vasily Ponomar of, uh, of Shawinigan, Yermer Pitlick of the Sioux Greyhounds, Jack Quinn and Marco Rossi, both with the Ottawa 67s, Justin Surdiff of Vancouver, Antonio Strandis from the London Knights, Oliver Suni of the Oshawa Generals, Ozzy Weisblatt from PA, and Connor Zeri of the Kamloops Blazers. Top 10 in the CHL this week, no change at the top, Sherbrooke number one, Ottawa is number two. The Everett Silvertips bounce up to the number three spot. Shikudemi is in the number four position. The Moncton Wildcats slip to five. Peterborough at six, followed by the Portland Winterhawks, the Edmonton Oil Kings, the Medicine Hat Tigers, and the Guelph Storm are ranked number 10. The honorable mentions go to Windsor, Ramuski, and the Cam Loops Blazers. Let's just do the uh, leading scores in the, the uh, three CHL leagues. Out in the queue. Alexis Lafreniere leads the uh, league in scoring. He has 70 points now. Cedric Paré, his teammate with Ramuski, he has 62. Alexander Hovanov is uh, a distant three 
he has 53 points. Jaeger Sokolov has 51. And Felix Robert, also of uh, the Sherbrooke Phoenix, he has 50 points. The uh, top goaltender for both goals against and save percentage is Samuel Lavich with the Sherbrooke Phoenix. New leader atop OHL scoring, that's Arthur Kaliev of the Hamilton Bulldogs. He has 62 points. Connor McMichael from London with 59. Quinton Byfield is there with 57. Jan Janik of Hamilton has 56, as does Marco Rossi of the 67s with 56 points. And like the Q, the uh, goaltender leader in both goals against average and save percentage is the same guy. Nico Dawes has a 2.06 Goals against and a 9.39 save percentage. That is a fantastic stat for a goaltender. Anything over 9.25, I think you're pretty ecstatic about. Uh, right now, only two guys in the OHL have it. Nico Dawes, Jacob Ingham has a 9.27 for the Kitchener Rangers. Meanwhile, in the WHL, when it comes to uh, the stat leaders, to tie atop uh, the scoring race, uh, Adam Beckman of Spokane and James Hamblin of the Medicine Hat Tigers, both with 52 points. St. Franklin of the Blazers has 50. Dylan Cousins away with Canada right now. He has 46 points, and Connor Zeri with 44. The uh, goaltender stats, the same three guys are at the top in both categories. Uh, Joel Hofer has the best goals against. Netminder with the Portland Winterhawks has a 181 goals against average, followed by Dustin Wolf with a 191, and Sebastian Kosa a 2.09 goals against average. Now, when it comes to save percentage, it's Dustin Wolf, who's number one at 941. Unreal. Joel Holfer is second with a 937, and Sebastian Kosa, rookie, has a 925 goals against average. Uh, nothing's changed in U uh, Sport uh, as it's been off for the last couple of weeks, so we'll catch up with uh, everything happening in Canadian University when uh, the show comes back in 2020. But a quick check south of the border in uh, the NCAA, the top 20 poll for USCHO this week has uh, North Dakota now ranked number one as Minnesota State dropped a game last weekend. The Mavericks slipped to number two. Cornell, who is 10-1 and one this, se- this season, they are ranked number three, followed by Clarkson, Boston College, Ohio State, Denver, and Penn State. Massachusetts, Minnesota Duluth is ranked number 10. Then you've got Bowling Green, Northeastern Providence, UMass Lowell, Notre Dame is 15. The Sun Devils of Arizona State, Harvard, Michigan State, Western Michigan, and Sacred Heart coming in at 20. Jack Dugan of Providence uh, College, he still leads the NCAA in scoring. He has a five-point lead over his teammate, Tice Thompson. Dugan has 33 points, six goals, and 27 assists through 17 games. And the top starting goaltender right now with a 109 goals against average, Dryden McKay from Minnesota State. He has a 955 save percentage. That's just, that's ridiculous. Uh, Worth noting, Matthew Galida at Cornell and uh, Matt Murray at Massachusetts and Adam Scheel at North Dakota. All three of them played uh, Canadian Junior A hockey. Uh, They are... Ranked number two, three, and four. All right, let's get to what's coming down the pipe today. No classic CHL insider as uh, we're looking at the World Junior Championship, but a reminder, the CHL insider segment, when we have them, brought to you by the store next door out in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. Their mandate, employing people with disabilities, really empowering that community and uh, giving them a a sense of uh, belonging and responsibility and accomplishment. Uh, Really 
worthwhile endeavor by everybody involved. Uh, and uh, you, the uh, consumer, can benefit from that. So what they do is they take broken hockey sticks, as many as they can get their hands on, and they uh, recreate and repurpose those sticks into some really cool stuff. And uh, you go to the storenextdoor.ca, check on check out their catalog and uh, all the options that they have, ranging from furniture to just cool items. That, I mean, cowbells that you can take to games or you know picture frames or a trophy case or display uh, racks. Just lots of lots of really cool options uh, and all for a great uh, purpose behind it. The store nextdoor.ca. We're going to have uh, five segments after this one and uh, four guests during those five segments. We'll start with uh, Sweden, a preview of Team Sweden. Christopher Hedlund works for Elite Prospects and EP Ringside, and uh, Hugh will tell us all about uh, the Swedes heading into this event. Then we'll look at the United States. Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com is my guest. Really enjoyed that conversation. I think you will too. Uh, when it comes time to talk about Russia, Slava Malamud is uh, the guy I rely on, and uh, he joins me. This must be the fifth or sixth year in a row now to preview Team Russia. And likewise, when it comes time to uh, talk about the Finns, Yuni Niemann, who is uh, from Helsinki but uh, lives here in the Edmonton area, played beer hockey against him like 20 years ago, and uh, that's where I first got to know him. Uh, but always does a great job, and uh, he sets up the tournament for Finland and uh, we'll close things out today uh, with another look at Canada's team last week we had Sam Cosentino on the show so that was more of the the major Canadian preview but uh, since then the team has been a little bit more formalized uh, so I'll, I'll throw in some comments about what I've seen so far what I expect from Canada and we'll end it with uh, predictions and uh, I'll go over my predictions uh, for the tournament maybe the pool standings and how things I see how I predict them are shaken up once they get to the playoff round and into the medal standings. And we'll close out the show that way. And this will be the uh, final show of 2019. Uh, no show next week with Christmas right here. Uh, the show after that, New Year's is right in the middle of the week. And uh, so I hope to have a show at the end of that week. That'd be like January, I don't know, 3rd or 4th, something like that. Uh, so that's that's my intention anyway. But we've got a full show. Uh, I also wanted to mention uh, Pro Stock Hockey where they're giving away a CCM SuperTax AS2 Pro Stick uh, from Alex Ovechkin. You can enter at their website, ProStockHockey.com slash giveaway. And maybe we can, you can come away with uh, one of the weapons from Alex Ovechkin. They also just got some uh, uh, gear from the Ottawa Senators, new gloves. Check out their website. Just They get updated stuff on a regular basis. So uh, check that out at ProStockHockey.com. All right, let's get to the show, and uh, we'll kick it off. Looking at Team Sweden. We'll do that when we come back. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hello guys, this is Timothy Willigram from uh, Rodway Before in Sweden, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. 
the store next door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks, a lot, a whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, and I killed a guy with a trident. This is The Pipeline Show with Keith Flaming, and we are going to continue on with our look ahead to the 2020 World Junior Championship, which will be uh, happening here starting in, uh, well, just over a week's time. And one of the uh, perennial powerhouse clubs, one of the teams always threatening to come away with a gold medal, would be the team from Sweden. They don't do it very often. In fact, uh, lately, uh, Sweden has actually struggled at the World Junior Championship, uh, but this year's team looks pretty good. To tell me why and what maybe we should expect uh, from the World Junior team this year, Christopher Hedlund uh, from uh, Elite Prospects, my guest. Uh, Christopher, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you in Sweden? Thank you, Guy. Um, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm just fine. Uh, excited to talk about the Swedish Junior National Team. Well, fair to say, when I look at the uh, the World Juniors uh, this year and uh, the grouping, uh, Group A, where Sweden is in with Finland, Slovakia, Kazakhstan, and, and Switzerland, I don't think Sweden should have any problem at all finishing in, on top of their pool when I look at those other four countries. And Finland's a good country as well, and they always have a, a competitive team. But I think the Swedes are by far the best team in this pool. Would you agree? Yeah, it will be between uh, Sweden and Finland for sure. Oh, well. Yeah, we remember what happened uh, last year against the Swiss in the quarterfinals, of course. But, yeah, Sweden should be first or second, for sure. All right. Well, when I ask uh, what is the, the biggest strength of Team Sweden this year, what would your answer be? Yeah, it's the defense, for sure. Uh, probably the best defense out of all the teams, I would say. Uh, so, yeah, that's the obvious strength. Well, that's what I would I would have agreed as well. Uh, tell me about this blue line group. Some of the names that stand out. A couple of guys who are playing in North America right now, and Tobias Bjornfot, as well as Erasmus Sandin. Uh, but you've got guys like Philip Roberg and Adam Jenning and Nicholas Lundqvist and Victor Soderstrom. I mean, and Matthias Norlander, the other guy that I didn't mention. The, from top to bottom, there there isn't a, a, a hole at all. This is a really really good group. Yeah, it's like. It's almost only first rounders. Uh, I think it's only Norlinder and then Jinning. That's mm-hmm. not first rounders. So that's, that's quite a lot. I think many teams, if they knew, uh, how well Norlinder would have developed, he could, could have been a first rounder as well. So he's playing fantastic hockey. So <laughs> it's like they, they will, they will always have really good defensemen on the ice. For, for somebody that's maybe watching the World Junior for the first time ever and has never seen any of these teams or these players play, when they watch this Swedish defense, what's going to be the thing that they notice the most? Oh, that, that's a good question. Uh, I think they're, 
there, there will always be like a lot of skill. Mm-hmm. I think maybe except for Adam Dinning, all the other defensemen are very skilled. They can move the puck. They can make plays. They can make, make thing, things happen when they're on the ice. So there, there will always be something happening offensively or they should be at least. And most of them are very good at their own end as well. So, uh, yeah, this is a solid group of two-way players. Yeah, very good skaters. And there are a few of these guys that will, they'll attack as well. You get the puck and Philip Roberg is not afraid to uh, try to go end to end, uh, and, and create a goal himself. Uh, um, so we should expect that there's going to be an offensive, uh, attack just from the blue liners here. And we haven't even got to the forwards yet. And there's a lot of really talented, yeah. <laughs> skilled forwards too. But, uh, the, 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 the defenseman for Sweden, uh, will certainly attack. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, if you look at some of the players like uh, Nils Lundqvist, he has had a fantastic season so far in uh, the SHL. He, he leads, uh, his team in points. Uh, as a defenseman. He's, I, I think mean, he's, crazy. yeah, as a defenseman. And he's, uh, third among all defensemen in the SHL when it comes to scoring. And he, uh, and I think, I think it's like something ridiculous. Like he's tied for second among under 25 players or wow. players under 25 years. And he's 19 and he's tied for second among all players, not just defensemen. Wow. So, uh, yeah, he has, he has a very good season. It's, I think he has like 17 points in 24 games or something like that. Right. So. He, he could uh, actually break the uh, scoring record among uh, junior defensemen in the HSL. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, Christopher Hedlund from Elite Prospects, my guest here on the Pipeline Show. We're looking at Team Sweden, uh, and uh, let's go to the uh, the forward group, and obviously a couple guys who are uh, pretty highly uh, ranked for the uh, upcoming NHL draft and a number of players who are already drafted. When you look at that group of forwards, who who is the guy that you think will lead this team in scoring if it's not a defenseman? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could very well be a defenseman. I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, I think a guy that really needs to score and show up is, is Samuel Fagamo. Hmm. He he was on the team last year, but I think he only had one assist in five games. That was it. But he he's a goal scorer uh, most of all. So he needs to show up and score some goals. Uh, Nils Höglander will also play a crucial part. I think if Sweden is going to have success, he also needs to to show up when it matters the most. Mm. Uh, last year, when they were defeated by the Swiss in the quarterfinals, Höglander uh, wasn't on the team then. He was, I think, the last player to be cut mm-hmm. from from that team. But they didn't have a player that could make something unexpected happen. They were just trying to score the same way over and over again, and the Swiss could just shut them down. And I think that's a role that Höglander can take this year if they're in, like, in a situation where they badly need to score a goal in the quarterfinals or semifinals, then he could be the player to step up and make something happen. This is usually a tournament that's uh, dominated by the older players, 19-year-olds, but we've seen years where it is the draft-eligible players who really become the leaders uh, for their teams. We, I go back to uh, Helsinki in 2016, and it was 
you know, the Finns were leaded by, a, were led by all their draft eligible players, and the the Americans had a bunch of draft eligible players who were their top guys too. Yeah. Alexander Holtz, Lucas Raymond uh, on this team. What should we expect from them? Could be, could they be that type of uh, you know combination uh, that leads Sweden to success? I think if they want to like reach the final, they will need both Holtz and Raymond to to be productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lucas Raymond has had a quite like rough time mm-hmm. before the tournament. He had a, a virus infection, I think. So he hasn't been able to train nor play in the last like weeks. So we'll see how, how well he does. He was just cleared like a few days ago to actually play in the tournament. Right. Uh, so we don't really know how, how well he will be able to perform, but Sweden will need both him and Holtz to, to score. Didn't Holtz uh, hurt his knee like uh, about 10 days ago or so in a game? Didn't he get hit awkwardly? Yeah, in the Champions Hockey League, uh, he was hit. I've, I, I don't think it was that bad. I was actually at that game. Uh, he could uh, skate off the ice himself, so uh, and just walk, walk, walk off. Uh, so he didn't need any help or anything like that. So I think it's just something minor. So he should be good to go. I think. All right. Is there a player uh, up front uh, with the forwards that we haven't mentioned that you think could be sneaky good? Uh, might not be, you know, coming in as one of Sweden's expected uh, hero type players, but uh, could really surprise people. Uh, I, I have two names. Uh, my one of my personal favorites is Nikola Pasic. Okay. He's uh, playing for uh, Konskoga in Allsvenskan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season, he's been fantastic. There, uh, I think most people would say that he will play on the third line, maybe second line, but he's, he's a very good playmaker. Uh, and I think he could probably raise a few eyebrows this tournament if he's given the right uh, chance. Okay. And who is the other one? Uh, Jonathan Berggren. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know if you remember him from two years ago at the under 18 World yeah. Championship. Yeah. He was he was quite dominant in that tournament. Then he missed a lot of last season due to an injury, and now he's back playing in the SHL with Cholestio. Uh, okay. And I mean, he, he has proven before that he's a very good junior player, so he could be one of those players that, that steps up. Christopher, who is the starting netminder for Sweden? There are two guys, or there are three on the on the roster. Uh, one playing in the USHL, one's playing in the Allsvenskan, and, and one is in the SHL. So uh, that would be Hugo Alnafelt. Uh, uh, is he the starting netminder, or is is there a competition here? I mean, he's younger. If you would ask like a, uh, someone that's just watching the SHL, they're gonna say Hugo Alnafelt for sure. But uh, I watched a lot of uh, uh, the junior hockey last year, and both uh, Eric Portillo and Hugo Alnafelt was playing in uh, with the, their under twenty teams then. And for me, well. Portillo is a personal favorite of mine, and from what I've heard, he's doing very well in the USHL as well. So I wouldn't be so sure that Anafelt would be the number one goalkeeper. Okay. Uh, my 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 person. Well, if it was my decision, I could could have gone with Portillo as well. 
So I think I don't, I don't I think they will have to battle it out in the group stage. Okay. See who will uh, grab the first spot. Well, Portillo six foot and six inches, uh, 197 centimeters. That's what uh, Elite Prospects uh, lists him at. That's a big goaltender yeah, for huge. sure. So uh, maybe yeah, yeah. maybe that gives him the edge. Um, and already drafted by uh, the Buffalo Sabres too. Uh, but most, I mean, is there outside of the guys who are draft eligible this year? I don't know how many of the players from Sweden on this roster um, have been passed over in the NHL draft. I, I wouldn't expect it's very many. No, I think it's only two, no, three, I think. It's uh, Hugo Gustafsson, mm-hmm. uh, Linus uh, Nassen, and uh, Linus Arberg. Okay. So it's those three. So we'll see right. how they perform this tournament. Maybe maybe they will impress someone. Uh, Christopher, I wanted to ask you about uh, a player who's not on the roster, and that will be uh, Noel Gundler, who I had on the on my show here, um, I don't know, about a month and a half ago, um, and just never seems to get an invite to, to play for Sweden, not just at this tournament. I know it's obviously he's, he's draft eligible this year, and there's not many guys who will make the team uh, at that age, but he's got as many points as, as Raymond and Holtz do in the SHL this year, but he doesn't get invited to the Holinka Gretzky Cup. Uh, he doesn't play at the at the World U18. Why? Yeah, that, that's that's a good question. I think many of us were surprised to that he didn't get to go to the Under18 uh, World Championship in the spring. Um, so the issue seems to be with his uh, compete level, mm-hmm. uh, and he's not really a player that brings a lot of energy when he plays. Uh, he, he's not like. And not every player needs to be very physical, right. but he, he doesn't really play physical at all. He doesn't try with the physical play, and I think that that is what keeping all those three things are, is what keeping his, him out okay. of the teams. Um, and uh, I think uh, the the coach uh, Montian was saying that he wanted uh, Gundler to play as in a top six role. If he was going to be on the team and he couldn't fit him in as a top six player. And that's, I guess it's understandable because they have some other wingers. I mean, mm-hmm. if he would leave out like some of Agamo or Alexander Holtz, people wouldn't like that either. That's right. Yeah. So that I think, yeah. And I think it's a little bit like traditional Swedish to, that to have like two top lines. Mm. Instead of like trying to like when Sweden play Canada uh, at these levels, usually Canada have like four lines that all of them can score, but Sweden usually have another mindset when they build their teams. All right. Like now we have a few few pure defensive players as well on the team, but they're not gonna be in it to score to score a lot of points. Well, Christopher, I, I know, uh, and I started the uh, the conversation off uh, saying that Sweden hasn't uh, done really well at the World Junior Championship over the last uh, well number of years. I think uh, the silver medal a couple of years ago, and that's it in the, uh, since 2015. So, is this a year where yeah. where Sweden is able to to come home with uh, at least a medal of some kind? That's that's a good question. I think uh, they should have a decent chance at at least reaching the semifinals. Mm-hmm. It depends a little bit on the other group as well. I mean, they're probably going to have to play a tough opponent in the quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. So uh, if they finish second in their group, then maybe they will get like Russia 
or USA in the uh, quarterfinal. Yeah. That that could be quite a rough game. Uh, so yeah. I don't think it's a sure thing that they will grab a medal, but it's of course it's a possibility. I mean, with their, their especially with their defense, yeah, they should be able to win games without having to score that many goals. Well, and even if Sweden wins Pool A. Uh, and play the fourth place team in from Pool B. That could be the Czech Republic playing at home, uh, and that roster doesn't yeah. look that bad. They they actually look pretty good this year. They just happen to be yeah they have know, in a group with the, the U.S. and Russia and Canada. So I think it's fair to expect the Czechs probably are are the fourth best team in that pool. But that will still be a tough match uh, for whoever finishes in first place in Pool A. Yeah, for sure. So it won't be a sure thing to reach the semifinals. That's that's for sure. Christopher, I think the tournament's going to be really exciting once again this year. It usually is, uh, and I think the Swedes are going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, thanks for your time. I appreciate your help. Yeah, thanks for having me. There's Christopher Headland from EP Ringside and uh, Elite Prospects. You can uh, check out his stuff at both of those locations. And uh, I do think the Swedes, listen, that blue line is really, really impressive. Uh, I think their forwards are good, although, um, you know, down the middle, fairly average. And to me, a bit of a question mark in that. So uh, do I think it's a, uh, a a bad team? No, not at all. Do I think it's a, a a team that can win gold? I think a lot of things would have to go right for the Swedes to win gold this year. Uh, I'll give you my official predictions in the uh, final segment uh, at the end of the show today. But, you know, I, I don't have Sweden winning a gold medal. Put it that way. And when I put the question of the day out to the audience, the team or the nation that most people picked to win the gold, well, that would be the United States. Why? Well, let's find out. We'll ask Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com about that next here on the Pipeline Show. Hey, this is Jack Rosovic from the U18 national team. Clayton Keller. Hey, this is J.C. Comfort. Hey, it's Joel Farabee from Team USA. Hi, I'm Hudson Fashing. Hi, it's Brady Shea. Hey, this is John Gibson from Team USA. This is Jordan Greenway. This is Matthias Samuelson. Hey, this is Sonny Milano from the US NTDP. This is Oliver Wallstrom. Hi, this is Alex Tuck. This is Ryan Lindgren. Hi, I'm Steven Santini, and I play for the U18 national team. How's it going? Kate Fitzgerald with the national team. Hey, it's Austin Matthews. Hi, this is Jacob Truba from the USA Under-18 national team development program, and you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Badass. It is badass. Really cool. Badass, yeah. Back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, we go from Sweden to uh, Team USA, who are uh, now uh, have relocated to uh, uh, over to overseas. They were in Plymouth, Michigan, uh, at the uh, home of USA Hockey, and getting uh, the camp started. But they they made some cuts. They got a uh, NHL slash AHLer uh, added to the roster. And uh, I get to uh, chat with Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com about uh, Team USA. Adam, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you uh, making the time in, uh, in a busy 
busy time of year for everybody. Uh, but let's get to know this uh, American squad. And uh, on paper, again, as we've kind of gotten used to here over the last uh, number of years, the U.S. squad looks very competitive once again, could very well come home with a medal. Uh, and uh, it could be a, a pretty – they could be standing pretty high on the podium uh, when it's all said and done. When you look at this roster from top to bottom, is there one aspect that just jumps out at you immediately thinking the Americans have an advantage because of this? Oh, the goaltending, without a doubt. Yeah. Spencer Knight has a chance to really, you know, everybody kind of knew what he was last year in his draft season, and, and he kind of got maybe a little bit overshadowed by some of the higher-profile guys at the U.S. national team program, you know, Jack Hughes and, and Alex Turcotte and Cole Caulfield. But he was the best goaltender available in the draft, maybe the best draft-eligible goaltender in the last five, six, seven years, and he's just kind of rolled right into a great start to the season at Boston College. 11 wins and four shutouts in his first 15 games. He got to have the experience of going to the World Juniors last year as the third goalie for USA Hockey. Now he's got, now the net is his. There's really, you know, Isaiah Seville and Dustin Wolf are going to go over with him, and one of them will be the backup. But make no mistake, it is Spencer Knight's net, and he could be the best goaltender in this tournament. He's got a chance to, you know, if a goalie can single handedly win a game for any team here, I think it's going to be night for the USA. He really can has the ability to carry them to a gold medal. For a, somebody, a, a fan who has never watched junior hockey or college hockey, will be you know the casual NHL fan that's going to tune in and watch this this tournament. What is it about Spencer Knight that makes him special? It's his head for the game. He reads plays so well. He's always in the right position, and if he's not, he's athletic enough, and he's big enough, and he's quick enough that he can cover for any mistakes that he made or any misread he might make, or, or any puck that gets tipped right in front of him, and he's got to make a, a quick, you know, excuse me, flash with the glove or, or, or a quick move with the legs. He's athletic. He's smart. There's really nothing that phases him. He's got the right mental approach to the game. He's never been a – he's not a, a too-high or too-low guy. He's just always right in the middle, and that's where you need a goalie to be. And there's the consistency of effort, the consistency of thought process that makes him so good. Adam Kibbelman, my guest, he's from NHL.com, uh, and uh, you can follow all of his stuff uh, through his uh, Twitter feed, uh, which is, I want to get this right, NHL Adam, at just NHL Adam K, correct? That's it. Uh, all right, uh, let's move up to the blue liners now, and when I look at this group, there are definitely some names that jump out. Okay, Andre Miller, for sure, Cam York, another first-rounder, uh, Matias Samuelson at Western Michigan. But in general, compared to some of the other countries, I, I guess for me, when I look at the American roster, I don't want to call it a soft underbelly, but maybe it's not the overwhelming part of the team. How would you describe this group? I think they're a solid, solid group that isn't really going to stand out. I think they get overshadowed a little bit by how talented some of those forwards are. Yeah. Um, but I look at, at the potential of having Matias Samuelson and Keandre Miller as your first pair. That's a lot of size. You're talking six foot five and six foot six. <laughs> you know, uh, on your top pair, both guys can skate. You know, Miller is more maybe a little bit of an offensive guy. Samuelson, more of a defensive shutdown guy. But both guys, they're, they're, they're so smart for the game. Great heads, great feet, great hands. They can get up the ice. They make smart first passes out of the zone. And Cam York is a guy who, you know, activated that offense, that transition offense for the U.S. national team. And he's starting to do that at the University of Michigan a little bit. And he's a guy that's also going to be counted on especially on the power play to kind of help quarterback that power play from the point. 
I think the defense is good. I don't think it has to be. They're not going to need guys go end to end. They're not going to need defensemen to lead the rush. They have fours who are more than capable of producing in that way, that their defensemen can concentrate on being smart and solid in their own zone, getting plays out of the zone, starting the transition. They don't have to lead it. So I wouldn't call the defense you know, weak, maybe a little bit of a... I, I even hesitate to call them a no-name defense, but they're just a solid, solid group that is going to be good in their own zone, good getting the puck out, good starting play the other way. They don't have to be great. They just have to be really good. And I think they're going to be. Well said. Uh, who are some of those other guys on the blue line that, uh, you know, there's nine guys, I believe, still in camp, so they're not going to all be there. But uh, of the players that are still vying for contention to be on the team, you know, you can't just have a, a top pairing uh, group. There's going to be uh, five other guys uh, that are on the team. Uh, who are some of those guys that uh, fans should expect to hear from? No, I think the guy like Ty Emerson, um, you know, he's part of that really talented group at the University of Wisconsin that is going to be very well represented at the World Juniors, along with Keandre Miller and Cole Caulfield and Alex Turcotte. He's the one definitely worth watching. Uh, Christian Krieger, from, from who plays at Michigan State, he's a New York Islanders prospect. Alec Regula from London and the Ontario League is another one. Um, you know, there, there's there's going to be a number of guys. It's going to be really a close battle to pick who that who those final seven are, or the final eight are, however the U.S. wants to assemble its roster. But, you know, again, I just think the strength of the group is just going to be how tight they all are, how smart they all are, and how, you know, they don't have to be dazzling with overwhelming skill. But I think they're going to be a very workmanlike effort there. And I think it's really going to help as far as shot suppression and getting play started the other way. Adam, let's go to the forward group. And uh, right away, I want to get the joke out of the way. Uh, do we see a Ford-Pinto combination at, uh, at any point in this tournament? <laughs> You know, I've looked at this roster, and I've never actually put that together. That's, that's actually pretty good. Um, I, I, You know, again, I, I think you look at the top line there, it looks to me at least uh, to be some combination of, of Cole Caulfield, Alex Turcotte, and Arthur Kaliev. Um, I, I think the guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing in this World Junior atmosphere is Nick Robertson, the Toronto Maple Leafs prospect. Yeah. He was a guy who really, really stood out to me at the World Junior Summer Showcase back in, in the summer, just the way he was able to, you know, played some at center, played some on the wing, so he's got a versatility to his game. He never looked out of place. He never looked overmatched. You know, the World Juniors can be an intimidating place. It's a 19-year-old tournament. You're talking about a, a, an 18-year-old just got drafted. It's a big step up in competition for him, and he more than certainly held his own. I was very impressed by him. Oliver Walston is going to be another guy to watch. He's, you know, got the most pro experience of anybody in this group from his time with, you know, a little bit of time with the New York Islanders and a lot of time with Bridgeport in the American League. He's a guy that they're going to really depend on to provide offense and, and be a big piece of their power play. Uh, Trevor Zegers, who, who's, you know, part of that, you know, I feel like I've talked about it a lot, that national team under-18 program that the U.S. had last year, he was a huge part of that. He's off to a nice start at Boston University. He's going to be, you know, a key guy for them. And I think just the scoring depth, the offensive depth that they're going to have, and, and having you mentioned a guy like Jack Drury, the, the Carolina prospect of Bobby Brink, the Flyers prospect is at the University of Denver. Um, they have they have depth, skill, scoring all throughout the lineup, all throughout their, their four lines. And that's why, you know, going back to the defense for a minute, 
They don't necessarily need their defensemen to be big offensive performers because they have so much talent up front. And a guy I didn't, I, I neglected to mention, John Beecher, the Boston Bruins first round pick, the six five center from the University of Michigan, yet another one of those U.S. national team graduates, is a guy who also stood out at the summer camp, also been a guy who's gotten off to a solid start in college. He's a guy that's going to be counted on a big, big way, just the size, the skating on, on the big international ice. They're going to need him to play very well, and I think he's up to that challenge. It really does seem like the the defense, all they have to do is get the puck out of their own zone and get it to the forwards and kind of sit back and just watch those guys go to work because there's so much skill and talent up front. It's a, it's a really scary group. Now, when it comes to, say, killing penalties, who are going to be those guys? That you know, We know the offense is going to be there, but are there defensive specialists at all uh, amongst the forward group for the U.S.? Well, I think a lot of those guys, one of the nice things about that national team program is they didn't let guys just be one-way offensive players. A lot of their guys, you know, they're big guys. They killed penalties. They played special teams both ways. I, I think we're going to see, you know, some Jacob Pavanka. I think Shane Pinto is going to be used in that role. I, I think Trevor Janicki is going to be in that role. Curtis Hall was a guy who, you know, killed penalties at the Summer Showcase. You know, they have guys who can do that, but it wouldn't also surprise me to see John Beecher, you know, you put that six foot five uh, wingspan out there. That takes up a lot of space, and that can cause a lot of problems on the penalty kill. So I think they'll be good enough there. I think defensively, you know, again, you've got Matias Samuelson and Keandre Miller, six foot five and, and six foot four, pushing guys out. You, you know, it's going to be a very uncomfortable night for forwards when you have to go against those guys. And they have other defensemen who are going to do well in those roles. I think special teams is something that can be a real advantage for the U.S. I think they just have so many talented players who will buy in and play the right way. They're very much a, a, a team. They're very, they understand how to play a team game rather than anybody kind of go off and go their, their own individual way. I think it's a real strength of this group that they're going to be, and it comes from, Having so many guys from that national team program, they're used to playing together, they're used to playing a certain way, it's going to blend throughout that group. So, yeah, I, I think special teams, power play or penalty kill, it, it's, going to be, it's going to go very well for the U.S. Now, no team is perfect, and when you're throwing guys in who, for the most part, don't play together with each other uh, very often, maybe haven't played with each other for extended periods of time uh, in the past, there are going to be, there's expected uh, learning curve a little bit. Are there any areas of concern when you look at this roster? And, uh, the one thing that jumps out at me is just lack of size up front. Uh, you mentioned all the big guys on the blue line. I think there's four guys up front who are above six foot. Um, so it might be a bit smaller group, but you know, there's so many positives. I don't know if that is a big enough concern, but uh, pardon the pun with the big enough concern, but um, it, is there something that uh, is a bit of a, a worry, at least uh, when you look ahead to uh, the World Junior for the U.S.? I think not so much the roster. I, I think in a short tournament, and you kind of touched on it with the chemistry and, and making sure everybody's on the same page. In a short tournament like the World Juniors, they're really, you don't have time to hit a speed bump. You've got to have all your ducks in a row, everybody on the same page, almost from the start of camp. And then if something does go wrong, how do you reassess and how do you quickly get everybody back in the right direction? And, and you know, opening against Canada there's going to be some real emotion there. That's going to be a very interesting game. You know, if things go off kilter, if they do lose, well, how do you rebound from it? How do you put it behind you and get ready for another game in two days, uh, you know, against, 
you know, whoever the, next, the game the next day against Germany. How do you rebound quick when you lose to your rival on opening day? So usually, it's been in the past. It's been a build up to that big game against Canada, where they have some games under their belt and they're ready and they're in tournament mode. Well, now you're you're right into it. You're right in the fire against your biggest rival. How do you handle that? What happens if things don't go your way? The other side of it. What happens if you do win? How do you put it behind you and then get ready for a game the next day? So it's all the the mental approach more so than anything physical that happens. It's how do you handle situations as they come up in a short tournament on international ice in an inf- unfamiliar environment? So that, that, to me, is the biggest stumbling block that could potentially hit, hit this U.S. team. Not so much roster or, or, or size. I think they have enough guys who, who can skate well enough. I think size in the game on international ice, I don't think it's as much of an issue because there's just so much room to play with. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that B pool is uh, it's a tough one. Boy, the U.S. with the, the Russians in Canada and the Czech Republic playing at home, they've got a pretty decent-looking roster. And, and Germany, I don't think it's going to be a pushover uh, necessarily. That's going to be a tough group to come out of. Uh, Adam, any, any thoughts to a, a prediction, maybe a podium finish, uh, you know, one, two, three? Who do, who do you see coming away with medals? Well, I, I think the U.S. has to be a gold medal favorite. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and say, you know, they're the number one team, but I think between U.S., Canada, Sweden, I think you have to put the Finns in there also. I would have to think some form or fashion those four teams are going to fill up the medal stand, but you mentioned Germany. I'm really interested to see how they, you know, step up this year. They're going to have Mark Sider, yep. the Detroit Red Wings prospect. I'm really excited to see him in this environment. And Tim Stutzel, one of the top prospects for the 2020 draft is a guy who's going to get a lot of attention, a lot of the spotlight coming into this tournament. He's another guy I'm really excited to watch. And, and I think this Germany team really has a chance to put a scare into some teams. Yeah, I think they're going to be fun to watch. Uh, Dominic Bach up there as well, drafted uh, in the first round a couple of years ago. And Nino Kinder available in the draft this year uh, as well. Yeah, it's going to be a fun tournament for sure. Adam, I really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the tournament. Uh, and uh, everybody can read your stuff. Uh, at uh, NHL.com. Are you uh, heading over? Or are you uh, covering the tournament from here? How are you doing it? No, I will be covering the tournament from home. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go to Czech Republic, but uh, all the games are going to be on TSN in Canada, NHL Network in the U.S., so definitely no lack of opportunity to watch the World Juniors. To me, it's some of the best hockey on an annual basis you're going to see. It's such amazing passion, great players. The fans are into it. it it's It's the most fun tournament you're going to see in season. Awesome. Uh, Adam, preaching to the choir. Thanks for your time, man. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation. Absolutely. Anytime. Adam Kimmelman from NHL.com. First time I've had him on the show. Really appreciate his uh, availability uh, to be able to come on the show uh, this week. As you heard him say, he's not going over to cover the tournament. He's actually, well, he's right for NHL.com. So he's got NHL stuff to I keep him very, very busy. Uh, when it comes to the U.S., I agree completely what he said. You know, the first question I asked him about what the, what the U.S. has that might be an advantage over everybody else. I think they do have the best goaltender in the tournament in Spencer Knight. And listen, if uh, if something happened with Spencer Knight, knock on wood, you never wish injury on anybody. But, you know, if he happens to struggle, Dustin Wolf right there waiting in the wings uh, and mentioned in the first segment today his stats right now in the WHL. It's ridiculous. This guy has had an amazing junior hockey career. And if he gets the opportunity, I would not be at all surprised to see Dustin Wolf really rise to the occasion uh, for Team USA. 
And the Americans up front, so much firepower. I mean, the, the list uh, alphabetically, I'm just going to run through some of the guys that I expect uh, big tournaments from, you know, John Beecher and Bobby Brink and Cole Caulfield. I think Jack Drury could play that two-way role. Maybe he's one of the penalty killers, but he's a point-per-game guy this year at uh, at Harvard. Uh, Arthur Kaliev is leading the OHL in scoring right now. Shane Pinto having a terrific uh, freshman season at North Dakota. Nick Robertson, to me, is underrated. And at the junior level, you know, who knows what he does at the NHL. Uh, level, but as a junior, he's terrific. Uh, Alex Turcott, Oliver Wallstrom, Trevor Zegris. Uh, there's a lot of offense up front for the United States. Their blue line to me is suspect, and that's not to say they can't get the job done, um, but it's an average defensive core, in my opinion. I don't think they match up well defensively, as you know, if you put them side by side against Canada, what Canada's roster looks like on the blue line, I think. Canada has a better defensive core, and Sweden probably has the best defensive core in the tournament. So I think the Americans are going to do well. They are good enough to win the gold medal. Do I expect that they're going to win the gold medal? I'll save that uh, predictions coming up in the final segment today. You can uh, hear those a little bit later. Uh, but up next, we're going to uh, talk about another team in this uh, really, really strong division in, the, uh, in Pool B. Uh, that would be Team Russia, and uh, this is a team... For me, every year the Russians really hard to kind of uh, kind of hard to predict. Uh, some years we've seen them be very individualistic. Other years we've seen their team really come together. Well, what about this year? Slava Malamud, uh, who is a uh, Russian but based now in the United States, he's been my guest this time every year to talk about the Russians, and will join me next here on the Pipeline Show. My name is Klim Kostin from Team Russia. Tried to drop it back. That was Klim Kostin. Read the play and intercepted for Russia. Pavel Konikov, shots off the skate, goes to Kostin, Russia scores. It bounced right to Clint Kostin, and it's time. This is the Pipeline Show. From the organization that brought you Mark Messier, Matt Benning, and Ian Mitchell, Spruce Grove Saints Junior A Hockey is officially back for the 2019-2020 season with all the action taking place at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. With tickets starting at just $15 per person, AJHL Hockey provides some quality entertainment. For more information, visit www.sprucegrovesaints.ca. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Hey, if you don't like it, go to Russia. And we're back on the Pipeline Show. We've uh, talked about Sweden. We've looked at the uh, United States. Now we're going to talk about uh, Russia. And uh, as always, annual tradition here on the Pipeline Show. If we're going to talk about Russia, we need to talk to a Russian. Slava Malamud is back on the Pipeline Show. Uh, Slava, welcome back. How are things? Oh, things are great. Thanks. Looking forward to uh, talking about the juniors again. I'm getting... Uh... Get my junior Jones. Uh, excellent. Uh, well, this this year the uh, the Russians in a very tough pool uh, with Canada, with the United mm-hmm. States, the Czech Republic playing at home. They're going to be tough, and even Germany this year looks like uh, they're not going to be a pushover. Uh, what do you make of uh, of Russia in this pool, and and just how competitive it's going to be? I think it actually plays right into Bragin's hands because he kind of likes to play his uh, cards close to the vest. He kind of 
uh, always uses the pool stage to sort of get the guys going a little bit. I don't think he really places a lot of stock into finishing first in the pool. Uh, and, you know, Russian, his teams have uh, kind of been slow starters historically, and they kind of got going in the playoffs. So I think that uh, he's actually probably looking forward to facing this tough opposition. You know, it's uh, you don't want to get like Belarus and Switzerland uh, <laughs> to, to start with. Getting you know, getting your same Canada that gets the guys fired up, and it's, of course the Czech crowd is probably going to be the one game that's going to sell out in the in the entire tournament. Is whenever the Czechs are playing, yeah. so that's going to be a good uh, uh, good adrenaline boost for the team. I think I think that's actually something that he's uh, he's very comfortable with. When you look at the uh, the Russian roster, and as you and I are speaking, I think we don't have a, the final roster yet. There'll there'll still be a mm-hmm. few cuts, but is there one yep. aspect of the team that you think? gives Russia an advantage in some way that they have something on their team that, that is better than what somebody else has? I think not even, I wouldn't even look at other teams. I would just compare it to um, Russia's teams of old. Okay. And one thing that, that really does uh, ju- uh, jump out at me is that we're actually much, much more solid on the back end than we mm-hmm. traditionally are. Uh, the goalies are usually pretty good for Russia, and but most of the times, the rest of the team just, you know, Taps their pads before the before the opening face off, and then just the next time they see them is in the locker room because <laughs> <laughs> we're not very strong in our own backhand. But this time the defense looks very very solid, and there are a lot of guys there with um, KHL experience. We have some guys that uh, have really acquitted themselves well in the last year's juniors and in the U18s, and uh, it looks like a solid solid uh, defensive pairings. Uh, if anything. We've got the injury-riddled offense looks a little suspect this year. All right, well, let's start with the blue line then. And uh, for the the casual NHL fan who doesn't watch or follow junior hockey all that closely and is only going to watch the World Junior Championship, who are the the main guys on Russia's defense that that you think will will really uh, run the show for them? Well, we'll start, of course, with Alexander Romanov uh, from Seska Moscow. Uh, there's the guy who last year was named uh, the best defend- defenseman of the juniors, and he was only 18 back then. Um, he was on a, in a regular rotation for Seiska during the Gagarin Cup run, one of the people people who led them to their first ever post-Soviet uh, title. Uh, he's uh, really, at his tender age of 19, which I've heard of for a defenseman playing against men in the KHL. He's one of the most uh, uh, trusted and reliable defensemen on that team, and he's probably going to be the the power play quarterback on that team, and uh, he can definitely score from the blue line. Uh, We also have uh, Zhuravlov from Kazan, who also played last year on the last year team, and he's been really, really good in in Akbar's in the KHL this year. Uh, It looks like that's going to be the top pairing right there. Um, You guys probably know better about Zamula than I do, since he's playing in the the Canadian Hockey League. Um, Misul is okay. Galinuk also playing in the KHL. So these are the guys with the uh, you know experience playing against against men, and uh, probably probably those five at least are going to look good. Um, you know, so I mean I'm I'm going to assume that Zamula is good because he's actually playing quite well in the Western Hockey League. So uh, 
the, the defense, like I said, um, compared to other Russian teams of all, looks quite solid. The one player I wanted to ask about, and I know you're in the States, so I don't know how much you're watching uh, of the, the KHL, but Danila Galenyuk, if I've, I've, I've probably mm-hmm. destroyed that uh, pronunciation, but he has, <laughs> he has eight points in 34 games for uh, Petersburg, which is also the team that uh, Vasily Podkolzin and Kirill Marchenko play yeah. for. He has more points than both of those guys. That surprises me because we hear so much about certainly Pod Colson, who has yeah. no points so far this year in the KHL. Galinuk, Galinuk is actually Galinuk is the second uh, top scoring defenseman for Ska this year. Uh, it's incredible for a kid who's 19. Uh, well, and and he doesn't play power. He doesn't it doesn't do much power play uh, no. for them either. Which is I mean all most of those points are uh, up five and five. He's just uh, he's he's being trusted by the coaches there. He uh, he plays well in his own defensive zone, and uh, they they're just gonna let him uh, pinch up an offense and then contribute. And he's he's doing great. I mean, he's got lots of natural talent. So yeah, that's that's one. Of, he's probably gonna be in the second pairing, and uh, he looks very good. Excellent. Slava Malmud, my guest, as we uh, look at Team Russia ahead of the uh, 2020 World Junior Championship. Let's go to the forwards. Uh, and when I ask my audience who's going to lead the tournament in scoring, inevitably uh, the name uh, uh, Vasily Podkolzin comes up. And I, I don't get it. Why? This guy has no points in the KHL this year. During the uh, the Canada-Russia series, uh, the CHL and the Russians, he had, I think, one assist in six games. Yep. Where is this offense supposedly coming from? Because he's not he's produced nothing this year. Yeah, if he's in the he's in the Schneid. I mean, after being a, a top ten pick pick by the Canucks, he's just not he's not having a great season. And the, the Super Series was really bad for him. Um, he's uh, if you look at if you go all the way back last year and into last year's uh, juniors. Uh, he he played a lot uh, on the penalty kill, I think, and he he was actually taking um, some of the more down and dirty type of uh, responsibilities. He was on, uh, he was down down low in the crease. He was kind of helping to set up his teammates. He was screening the goalie a lot. So maybe he's uh, uh, getting ready for the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> getting getting down and physical is important. Uh, but uh, there's no doubt he has lots of national talent. He's very, very skilled. Yeah. Maybe well, just that kind of year, and maybe this is just opportunity for him to uh, to get off the schneid. I remember he scored a goal in Edmonton. Actually, I think it was in Red Deer in the Holinka Gretzky Cup in 2018, and it was an unbelievable goal. Since then, I haven't seen him do anything. And now I'm, I can't <laughs> say I've I watch him on a continuous basis or or anything like that, but. Let's just say I am still waiting to be wowed uh, by Vasily Podkolzin. Um, okay, who is going to lead this team in scoring? A- a- again, if it's not Podkolzin, uh, who are the uh, you know the top two or three guys uh, to watch for for the Russians? Well, Alexander Hovano yes. is uh, another one, another player you, you guys see on a daily basis, and he's uh, of course um, he's really dying to prove himself since um, this is the guy who was um, not. Uh, Always trusted by the team, uh, he was uh, cut for last year's uh, juniors. He was cut from the U18s in Chelyabinsk. He was really looking forward to play in uh, home soil in the U18 last year, and didn't work out for him. Uh, there were some personality issues. There were some issues with uh, with coaches that you know didn't really quite like him. I guess. Uh, so this is good. This is a good chance for him, and he looks looks to be the. Uh, 
the top center. I mean, he's like the only real good top center this team has. If, if, he, if he goes down, God forbid, we have no one uh, to step in and, and be as good as he can be. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his best line mate, Zavkarodny, uh, broke his collarbone, so mm-hmm. he's out. Um, we have uh, a couple of other guys who are, who are down. Uh, Pavel Rotenberg has been cut. Uh, so this 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 offense is, is kind of uh, uh, slapped together out of <laughs> whatever we get. But uh, Denisenko is very good. Uh, he was really, really good last year. Uh, last year's uh, juniors, he was, I think he was Russia's leading scorer. So, of course, they're, they're going to be looking to him as the best scorer on the wing. And uh, Marchenko, who wasn't really good last year, uh, and he was kind of very young still back then, uh, but he's really good and with Ska, with St. Petersburg this year in the KHL. I think in the last eight games, he's almost like a point per game, mm. which is, again, at his age, is great. He seems to be on an upswing. Just as Podkolzin seems to be on a downswing, Marchenko seems to be on an upswing. And uh, I'm uh, looking forward, definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, so the offense, I mean, the, there is talent there. The question is whether there's a lot of uh, uh, secondary scoring because of all the injuries. This is where uh, if uh, if the Havana line gets sh- shut down, do they have enough uh, coming off the bench to uh, to pick up the slack? Um, not as confident as I was last year and the previous years in this offense. Uh, but certainly enough talent, you know. And as you know, with good defense and solid goaltending, you don't really need all that much. Yeah. So well, I wonder whether Russia can uh, can win in, with, in that situation. All right. Well, let's go to the goaltenders then. And uh, I know everybody over here wants to see Yaroslav Askarov in in net, but he's 17, mm-hmm. and the other two guys are 19. Uh, from your in your opinion, <laughs> who is the starting netminder for Russia? I don't think Askarov is quite ready yet. I mean, I. Russian coaches don't usually trust um, very, very talented and very, very young guys. Look at Amir Miftahov, who went to the to the juniors last year, yeah. and he was unquestionably the number one U18 goalie in 2018. He went to the juniors, but he sat. <laughs> he was number three. And that's probably where Oskarov is going to fit, unless both Miftahov and Isayev uh, underperform or get hurt. Because Miftahov is, is really good. He is definitely the... Uh, the leading goalie in this birth year, but uh, uh, Isayev um, uh, has um, actually, you know what? To think of it, to think of it, if 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 you look at how if how Starov played lately um, in the Four Nations, he played quite well. He might break through. I think this is a situation where you uh, where you might. I, I think he might give Oscar uh, a chance because uh, at this point, I mean, he, he, he's got three solid goalies. If he uh, if he uses the the group the group uh, stage to sort of uh, let them compete with each other, anything can happen. But I would still look at Miftahov as probably the uh, the favorite to be in on that. But all, all the previous years, every time I try to Take Bragin's mind on who's going to be the goalie and so try to get inside his, his his thought process. I invariably wound up being wrong. <laughs> so at this point, I'm just going to assume that he's a Bragin is a goaltending genius when it comes to dealing with his goalies and just uh, see how things play out. 
But again, just looking at Miftahov's path, path from the start, in the, from the start at the U18 to being the young goalie who was trusted to be on the bench last year, he seems to have the inside track. Whether or not he winds up being a goalie when the, when the playoffs start, uh, who knows. Slava, when you look at the uh, the tournament as a whole, is this a year where Russia comes home with a medal? And if so, what color? I think they'll come home with a medal. Uh, traditionally, they always do very well in uh, and in Europe. Uh, I think the uh, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of Russian fans on hand, and I I think the the very tough group they're coming out of is actually going to be to their advantage. Uh, their their goal is to to be in the final at least. Uh, I'm thinking uh, semifinals is uh, the absolute uh, the absolute minimum. If they don't make it to the semifinals, that's unquestionably a huge failure. Uh, they got Igor Larionov and Nikolai Habibulin as coaches. I'm not sure how much that's going <laughs> to be of a difference, but you know, uh, this, this is definitely a team that that's had, has a lot more publicity now than it used to because of these two big names and the, and the coaching staff. And uh, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for Podkolzin to break, to break through, to get off the schneid, to finally show Vancouver why they drafted him in the top 10. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking for this team to, uh, to actually look solid in all three, in all three positions, which is not something that we've seen a lot. Well, it should be a fun tournament. Uh, Slava, I really appreciate your time uh, to preview uh, Team Russia for me, and uh, we'll do it again in 12 months. <laughs> Thank you. All right. There's Slava Malamud, always a great uh, preview of Team Russia ahead of the World Junior Championship and uh, always enjoyable to follow Slava on Twitter as well if you're not already. Although he does get quite political at times and uh, that's one of the reasons I don't get political, at least I really try not to uh, on Twitter is because everything is so divisive these days that uh, you're either going to have people uh, completely agree with you or completely disagree with you. And uh, I try to respect uh, my entire audience and whatever their political beliefs are. Uh, everybody has a right to those. When it comes to hockey, though, the Russians, to me, they're always... It's always really interesting because I never can put my finger on what to expect ahead of time from the Russians. Uh, they've had years where they've dominated, and I didn't expect them to. And they've had years where they were just average, and I thought they would be a lot better. And part of that is because I don't get to see these players play on a regular basis. And when they come over and they play in the uh, CHL Super Series, I mean, this year, the, the guys who stood out for Russia in that series were the guys playing in North America, like Alexander Hovanov. So those are the players that I'm more familiar with and looking forward to uh, watching in the World Junior Ch Championship. But I am, I, I mentioned the name uh, Danila Galinyak. I am intrigued by him and just uh, the way he's been able to outscore his bigger, more well-known teammates, including Vasily Podkolzin. And listen, I, I think people are probably going to think that I have something against Podkolzin uh, and that I'm looking to see him fail. That's not the case. I just haven't seen what all the hype is about yet outside of that one goal he scored down in uh, Red Deer during the Holinka Gretzky Cup. That was fantastic. He He has skill. I just don't know why there is zero production coming from him. And uh, maybe this is the tournament where he turns that around. Who knows? But if you're a Vancouver Canucks fan, are you excited right now about uh, Pud Colson? If you are, tell me why. Uh, I'm curious to know. 
Uh, you can always hit me up on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. All right, from Russia, we go to Finland. Next up, we're going to look at the uh, the Finns with the help of Juni Niemenen, who is uh, based here in Edmonton, uh, but is from Helsinki and uh, has become, like Slava, uh, a regular here on uh, the Pipeline Show's World Junior Preview. So we'll look at Finland next here on the Pipeline Show. Tigers can't clear. Valamaki again. He'll go cross ice. Sandu spin shot, save, rebound, score! Valamaki makes it a 5-3 game. Hey, it's Yusuf Valamaki from the Tri-State Americans, and you're listening to Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show. You have my curiosity. With Guy Flaming. Now you have my attention. This is The Pipeline Show. We've uh, talked about uh, most of the countries so far that uh, we should expect to hear and, and usually hear good things from uh, during the World Junior Championship. But we haven't got to Finland, and we're going to fix that now. Over the last uh, six years, the Finns have won three times, and they've missed the podium three times. So it's a feast or famine, I guess, uh, for the Finns. Uh, and uh, when we're talking Finland, we always uh, like to bring in our uh, special friend from Finland, Juni Niemann. And uh, Juni, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Thank you very much. Well, I'm well. Uh, how are you, Key? I'm doing well, and uh, it's good to get a chance to talk to you again. And, and maybe when we're looking at this tournament for Finland this year, they are the defending champions, but a lot's changed from uh, last year's roster. When you look at this team... Is there one aspect of the Finnish uh, entry this year that you think it gives them an advantage over everybody else? Is there something about the roster that's better than anybody else has? Um, well, the way I like to look at it is, uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks around this team. How? What's the condition of the number one goalie, that kid Annunen kid in there? Because uh, he's been hurt a little bit. Uh, if the uh, if the forward material is is wide enough or deep enough. And there's been a bunch of other uh, injuries around, uh, and, uh, and we're not 100% sure about the coaching either. Hmm. But uh, like, but the, the way I look at it, Finland's not uh, again. Finns are not uh, the favorites on the paper, but I think that's the the strong strength that Finland has is that this tournament is not played on paper; it's hmm. played on the ice, and that's where we like to play. So I think, as many times before, I think that's where. Uh, where there is a chance of surprising people again. All right, well, let's start in net then. And if Anandin isn't ready to go, who is the, uh, the number one goaltender if it's not him? Oh, um, I would think Justus uh, uh, Anunen would be the first first person. There's a couple other guys, Kasper uh, Patrikainen, uh, and I'm not really sure who, who who's on the final team here, but for, who's from uh, Heinola Peli. That, and there's another kid, Kari Pironen, who plays in the OHL for Winds of Spitfires. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I expect Justus Annunen to be uh, be ready. He uh, he's kind of a baby faced kid. Uh, Colorado Rock Col- Rockies, <laughs> Colorado <laughs> Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, I'm showing my uh, yeah, showing our age. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he's a Colorado Avalanche um, a draft pick, and uh, he's played really, really well in the Finnish league up north in uh, Karpat, and uh, and he, he's got a lot of uh, his number one goalie uh, uh, characteristics to play in the NHL. You know, the hands, the legs, and and he can stop the puck. And interestingly, he hails from the same small town as uh, as Pekarina from Kempele. Ah, I. I've been trying to call Pecorino the Kempele cucumber, but it's not catching on. It's kind of like <laughs> Mark Spector tried to call uh, Keeper the uh, the Turku Broda. Uh, <laughs> People never got it. <laughs> That's good, though. I like but that. anyhow, yeah. But uh, I expect Justus Anonen to be uh, be there, and he's a really good goalie. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Now, when you uh, expand outwards and, and you go to the blue line, and there are some drafted uh, NHL defensemen uh on this club as well, but when you look at this group as a whole, they're not very big, uh, but they're going to be good skaters and puck movers. But are are they? You know, is lack of size a concern? There's only one guy that's more than six foot one. Yeah, I don't I don't see that as a as a as a concern for usually for the Finnish side. That would be nice to have kids that are the size of Rasmus Ristolainen, but uh, but as long as these guys can play, it's it's all good. You know, so there's a well, there's one of the uh, the Honka brothers. You know, there's uh, at least four of them. I don't know if there's more of them, uh, hmm. <laughs> but there's at least four of them playing professionally. There's Anthony Honka, who uh, was was in the summer we met him in uh, Vancouver. Was drafted by Carolina Hurricanes, and just like his brothers Julius and 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 a bunch of others, the Emmett and Bob and and all the other other Honka brothers. He uh, he can skate really well, and he can he can, he's got a lot of skill. A lot of skill and slides really well on his skates, but kind of plays on his own uh, drummer's uh, um, beat a little bit, kind of like his brothers. It was in the Vancouver games a year ago, but coach didn't uh, play him too much, but uh, I expect him to have a bigger role. And some of the other Finns that uh, are on the blue line, and some recognizable names, Vili Anona, uh, Lassie Thompson, who played uh, over here uh, last year, uh, Miko Kokonen uh, as well, but for, for me, there's not a lot of star power. Uh, is that fair, or am I underrating uh, the the blue line here for Finland? You might be underrating a little bit, but that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> the uh, Ville, Ville Heinola, he uh, started the season in the NHL. There was two uh, two eighteen uh, year old defensemen in the league, but then he went back to Finland, and mm-hmm. it's kind of been it hasn't been really easy for him to going back home. I guess from what I understand. You know the expectations are huge here as a guy coming from the NHL, but yeah. but it's really not like that. You know you're only 18 years old, but uh, but he's a, he's a good one. He he really really knows how to play, as we've seen over here, and uh, and uh, and that the uh, well, there's a Toronto Toronto pick, uh, and as we know, uh, Kyle Dubas never makes any mistakes. <laughs> he uh, Mikko Kokkonen, who played in the Finnish league, actually as a 15 year old already. Before and he was considered a real super um, talent, phenom. Uh, uh, but uh, I think he's turning to be more of a of a, of a just a basic defenseman, kind of like Oli Matta style, uh, third pair guy. But we'll see. You know, like who's maybe not good enough to play first power play and not big enough to play penalty kill, but right. somewhere in the middle. I guess. I guess we'll we'll uh, we'll find out. Uh, Lassie Thompson, obviously, yeah, we used to see him play for Kelowna Rockets here, and uh, he, he's somebody that I believe the coach knows well because he plays in this. Uh, he's from the same town, and 
and he he's the son of a Finnish mom and uh, Scottish dad, from what I understand. He um, he he'll probably play a lot, and he he's probably the guy who's shooting from the point on the on the power play. Right. He has that uh, skill. Okay. Now, when it comes to the forwards, who has to lead this team uh, when it comes to the offense? Who's going to be depended on uh, to put up those uh, the, the goals and and lead the offense? Um. Well, there's um there's a few pretty good players. Like uh, uh, that's one more interesting team thing about this team that there's not a, this time there's not a lot of players who uh, who uh, play in North America. Yeah. There's only a couple of guys. Uh, uh, Sam Paranta, who plays at Minnesota with the Golden Gophers, uh, Ranta. And- yeah, Minnesota University, uh, Sam Paranta, and then there's uh, and he's very very physical guy from what I understand. He actually trains. We've talked actually on this show. We talked before about uh, that old uh, decathlon coach in uh, in Finland who conditions uh, trains these players in the mm-hmm. summer. And they have like Patrick Line and Mikko Rantanen trains with these guys. And he, he's one of the guys who, the, the old guy's name is Hannu Rautala. They call it the Hannu Rautala Academy that they, they train with him five days a week. And uh, Sambo Ranta is one of those guys who joined that team. And, and I understand uh, Colorado Avalanche wanted to sign him already this summer, but he keeps playing for the University of Minnesota. So that that's an interesting, uh, interesting fella. Yeah. And, uh, and he's one of them. Then there's the other guy, uh, other guy who plays uh, Rasmus Kupari. Yeah, Rasmus Kupari. Yes, he played for uh, Ontario for the Los Angeles Kings organization. Yes. I wish more teams would let their let their young guys go, go, uh, go to the this tournament. It's a great tournament. And I think one player we we should always keep an eye on here is, is of course Artur Ratu. Yes. Because uh, he's he's late uh, late birthday, uh, but but uh, he'll he'll be drafted in 2021, and right now he might be one of the very big uh, favorites. And uh, he's a very skillful, very smart, and very uh, all around player. And he's played very well in the Finnish league already. And people believe <laughs> that I talked to they, that he's absolutely same type of of talent as Sasha Barkov already. And, and there's a lot of, a lot of things that these guys have together. So that's quite interesting. That's the kid to watch. It's, it's a little early, obviously. This is a 19-year-old tournament, but uh, but uh, we'll see. So remember Artur Ratu. I'm a little surprised that this team doesn't have a couple of the, the guys who are draft eligible this year, like Anton Lundell and, and uh, Ronnie Hervin and Casper uh, Simontavala. Uh, guys like that, I'm surprised, aren't in the mix here. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, that, uh, that the talk... It's almost. It reminds me of the, every the annual talk over here in Canada that uh, that uh, there's there's been this time there's been uh, just as much talk about the guys who didn't who were not picked and and it seems like they were going for the more more experienced guys uh, instead of somebody who might might be a better player and uh, this is, reminds me of the same discussion that we always have here in mm-hmm. Canada. But there's more talk about the guys who didn't weren't picked <laughs> as much as the guys who were. I guess the coaching, uh, they must must have some sort of an idea what what they are doing. Uh, Anton Lundell, obviously, he played a little bit last year, and he's a he was supposed to be the like we were expecting him to be the the big guy on this team, but uh, but he may not play because of his uh, he's been hurt okay. a lot. So that's interesting. Well, there's a couple other people we we were wondering. Well, one really interesting name that I find that that people talk about this uh, is Oliver Suni of the Oshawa Generals. 
and he was leading the the rookie scoring in the Ontario Hockey League until he was hurt. He got a uh, a shoulder injury, but uh, I don't know if they were even looking at his direction because the 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 junior world championship camp team was already picked before he got hurt and he was not on it. I see. And he's a big and fast kid and, and he could very well be a first round draft pick, uh, certainly at, at the very latest, the second round draft pick in the NHL draft. So that's an interesting thing. And there's another kid that uh, the TPS Turku defenseman Emil Viro, who also people believe is going to probably go first round next year. And, uh, and uh, and he wasn't picked, and that's uh, that's an interesting point as well. Yeah, and there's a couple other guys here in uh, the WHL: Casper Puccio with uh, the Swift Current Broncos, Christopher Setoff uh, with the Red Deer Rebels. But maybe you know, it's yeah. it, maybe it's too soon for them. But you know, next year or the year after, uh, we should expect guys like that to be on the team. Yeah, we'll see. Next year, obviously, we're, we're uh, the tournament's being held here in Edmonton, so yeah, that's uh, that's quite quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess uh, yeah, Rasmus Kupari should be the first center on this team, but we'll we'll see. Strong skater, at least. Uh, we'll see some questions about hockey sense, kind of a little bit of a yes, a pull here. In case I don't know, we'll see. And uh, one interesting kid I find uh, it's uh, Matthias Macelli. You know, we used to a uh, Norwegian player whose name is Sukarello and. And uh, now we have a Finnish kid with an Italian name. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, he's a little little kid with uh, all kinds of energy uh, on the ice and in the room and on the bench. And uh, he also practices in the summers with uh, with the same group as as, as these uh, these other people. Uh, and uh, he played in the United States Hockey League there for for a couple of years and and played really well with Ilves in Tampere this year. So that's a that's another uh, kind of a spark plug kind of a player that uh, that'll be interesting to watch. All right, well, we'll watch for that. Finland is in a uh, in a group with Sweden, Kazakhstan, Switzerland, and Slovakia. And on paper, I would suggest that it's uh, it looks not like a very strong group. I think the Swedes look pretty good, and Finland's always in the mix. But, you know, Slovakia, Kazakhstan, they're not going to be very strong, and Switzerland might be, might be an average year for them. So it sets up pretty well for Finland, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think the goaltending and uh, and I actually think that the top six defense are pretty strong on this team. So we'll see if they if they get uh, if they get the the offense running. Uh, if the coaches know what they're doing, I think uh, I think this team might have a good chance. And speaking of coaching, you yeah. wanted to mention uh, a return to the bench for a, a fairly legendary uh, Finn. Yeah, the uh, the head coach will be Raimo Helminen again. Uh, I guess he he yeah he was. He was head coach in the junior national team when the games were here in 2012. And uh, as a hockey player, Helminen was one of the legends in, in Finnish hockey, kind of like a Adam Oates or Pierre Turgeon type of uh, playmaking player. And I think he, he's played the most international games of anybody in the world. 331 times he's put on the, the old lion sweater. And uh, he played a little bit in the 80s in the, with New York Rangers and Minnesota and and uh, someplace else too. And uh, Kelminen is—he uh, hasn't really, really shown a lot as a head coach. He's—he's he's been with the KHL Helsinki Jokerit uh, as an assistant to Jukka Jalonen and uh, Lauri Marjamäki, really well-known Finnish coaches before. And I guess we'll see what he's learned from all all these years from these guys. And uh, 
And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what uh, uh, he he actually as a player he broke uh, Wayne Gretzky's point record in uh, in the Junior World Championships once in back in 1984. But uh, still, as a coach, he's a little bit of an unknown card. Sounds like there might be some uh, question marks then when it comes yeah. to uh, the Finns are going to this tournament, and maybe that yeah. uh, you know, like you said, the the games aren't played on paper; they're played on the ice. So we'll see how it all plays yeah. out. Yeah, there's like some of the uh, tournaments this year they they've been in they they've been not very consistent. Like they in the last tournament they played in, they played three games and lost three uh, three, so mm. and only scored three goals. So I guess this one way for this team to go is is up. That's for sure. You and listen, I really appreciate your time as always to set up the tournament for Finland, uh, and uh, certainly wish you well moving forward. And uh, thanks again for your time. Oh, thanks for having me. Yuni Niemenen, who's a uh, longtime uh, sports writer here in Edmonton, but he's uh, from Helsinki. And uh, he's a guy I always chat with when it comes to the World Junior and uh, need to know something about the Finns because he's got lots of contacts back home for him and uh, taps into those and uh, gets us all kind of prepared for what we should expect from Team Finland. To me, it sounds like even after talking to him, and I said at the end, it just seems like so many question marks uh, for Finland this year. Don't know if their starting goaltender is uh, healthy or not. Uh, their uh, offense up front. I don't know if it's offense by committee. They don't. They're just lacking star power this year. So uh, I don't expect a whole lot from Finland, to be honest with you. And I think uh, you know, I do think they'll finish second in their pool. I guess I wouldn't be shocked if uh, you know Switzerland or something uh, finished ahead of them. They'll get to the uh, the playoff round, but I don't think they're going to win that first game. They'll be out, and uh, they might be fighting for sixth place or something in the overall standings when it's all said and done. That's my take on Finland. When we come back, we'll have enough time to uh, look in again at Canada. We uh, chatted about the Canadians uh, last week with uh, Sam Cosentino, uh, but the team wasn't fully assembled at that point. Uh, well, I'll just make some uh, observations of what uh, the roster looks like. At this point, I don't know that we know who the starting netminder is, so we're still waiting to see what they decide to do in that department, but we'll look at some of the other uh, roster spots and, and who we expect uh, big things from and then we'll get to prediction time as well. All of that to finish off the Pipeline Show this week. That's coming up next. And Raymond stays with him. Lafreniere pokes it ahead. Still has it. Rolling puck. Lafreniere works it. Shoots scores. What a goal by Alexis Lafreniere. A superstar in the making. This is Alexis Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show. The holiday break is made for WHL action, starting at just $20 a seat. This Saturday night, your Edmonton Oil Kings go head-to-head with their rivals down the road, the Red Deer Rebels at Rogers Place. The stands are going to shake with Edmonton spirit. The puck drops at 7 p.m. Don't miss your shot to see the Oil Kings live. Oil Kings, Rebels, great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $20 a seat. Save on day of game pricing now at oilkings.ca. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. The cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah, the cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. 
Back on the Pipeline Show for one last segment this week on the uh, World Junior Preview. And uh, it's really just looking at Canada and what's changed, if anything, since uh, last week when we had Sam Cosentino on the show. And uh, what has changed is while they're down the three goaltenders, Nico Dawes, Joel Hofer, Olivier Rodrigue are the three netminders uh, who will be with Canada. Don't know if all three will see action. Don't know who the starter is at this point. Joel Hofer led the way in the uh, exhibition game against Switzerland. But I don't know that at the moment we can tell with 100% certainty uh, who is the starting netminder for Canada. On the blue line, you got Kalen Addison, Kevin Ball, Jacob Bernard-Docker, Bowen Byram, Jamie Drysdale, Jared McIsaac, and Ty Smith. It's a pretty good collection of defensemen for sure. Uh, Bowen Byram might be the best guy on the team, but uh, Jamie Drysdale is going to be the first defenseman taken in the 2020 draft. Ty Smith has so much experience at this point. There's just lots to like about the about Canada's blue line, and you can uh, put them side by side. You know, Sweden we've talked about already in the show might have the best defensive core, but if that's the case, Canada not far behind, in my estimation at least. Uh, and up front, uh, you've got a really good group of uh, players, and there is some size up front. Uh, we've talked about some of the other teams; they have lots of skill as well, but don't have the size to go with it. I mean, Quentin Byfield is 6'4", Dylan Cousins is 6'3", Nolan Foote is 6'3", Raphael Lavoie is 6'4". I, I think there is an advantage to having skill that is also big, and uh, maybe we see that uh, come to fruition here for Canada and work to their advantage in this tournament. Interested to see what sort of impact Joel Valeno uh, coming back to uh, the junior club uh, has for Canada at this tournament. He's been playing professionally, so you would hope that that translates to uh, more success. It doesn't necessarily guarantee it, though. Alexi Lafreniere, I think a lot of people expect he's going to lead the team in scoring, if not the entire tournament. Uh, but don't look past a guy like Connor McMichael. I think uh, he, the year, the breakout season he's having here in the Ontario Hockey League has him positioned really well on this club. And and uh, to start, might uh, play further down the depth, the depth chart than where he ends the tournament at. How about that? And then you can't look past uh, Baird Hayton either playing professionally. And like uh, Valeno comes back to the junior program uh, and we'll see what added boost of confidence uh, and uh, experience does for him. So lots of firepower here for Canada going into the uh, World Junior Tournament. Uh, and for me, the biggest question mark is who is the starter? It's not do they have a starting net minor because I think all three goalies are good. And I don't think it's a weakness at, at all that you don't have a clear cut number one, uh, but they might. You know, they have options, definitely. So let's get to predictions. I think uh, Pool A, fairly easy in my estimation to uh, uh, give the final standings in, in Pool A. I think Sweden is clearly the best team in that pool. Uh, I will say Finland finishes second with uh, Switzerland third, Slovakia, and uh, Kazakhstan uh, might not get a victory at all along the way. And on the other side, much more difficult, much more parity. Uh, it certainly opens with a bang with uh, Canada and the United States uh, playing each other on Boxing Day. Canada has kind of started the tournament slowly. I guess maybe not every year, but, you know, I'm, I might give this opening game to the United States. But I think Canada will uh, rally and uh, win the rest of their round-robin games. The U.S., they might actually finish on top. So I'm going to say the Americans uh, finish do finish in first place in Pool B uh, with Canada, then Russia, then the Czech Republic. And Germany 
So it'll be Germany and Kazakhstan that play in the uh, relegation round. Uh, I do think the Germans will be the better of the teams, though, and uh, stick, but not make it to the playoff round. The top team in Pool A would be Sweden. They would play the fourth-place team in Pool B. For me, that's the Czechs, and that is a really interesting matchup because I don't think Sweden is unbeatable in this tournament. I think they are the best team in their pool. But the Czechs will have played some very tough competition. They will be at home. And I think the Czechs I think the Czechs are capable of pulling off an upset. Boy, I really want to give it to them. I'm fighting the urge, and it's not about playing, you know, g- going with my heart. You know what? Screw it. The Czechs beat uh, Sweden in the uh in the quarterfinal. I'm gonna give it to the Czechs. And I actually I think uh, that the B pool will win all four games. In the uh, in the playoff round, I think the U.S. will play Slovakia and win. I think Canada will beat Switzerland. I think Russia will beat Finland. Uh, so all four teams are going to advance. That'll mean the, the semifinal is the U.S. against the Czechs, Canada against Russia. I'm going to go with the two North American teams, and we'll see Russia and the Czechs playing for the bronze medal. I'm going to go bronze for Russia. The Czechs finishing fourth, but doing uh, that victory against Sweden. Uh, a memorable one for them on home ice. I do have the U.S. and Canada playing in the gold, and I will go with Canada. Call me a homer, but uh, learning from the opening game loss on Boxing Day to the Americans, and I do have Canada winning the gold medal. That's my prediction. You can uh, let me know what you think of that on Twitter at TPS underscore Guy. And don't be a coward. Let me know if you disagree what your decision is, what your prediction is. And maybe we can have a fun conversation based on that. And now the preview is done. The tournament starts just a few days from now. Between now and then comes Christmas or whatever holiday you might be celebrating. I hope you have uh, the opportunity to get with some family and uh, celebrate and uh, that you enjoy the holiday season. Don't be an idiot. No drinking and driving. Be safe. Be kind to one another. And uh, let's hope that uh, 2020 is a uh, fantastic year for everybody. Really looking forward to the coming calendar year. I think it's going to be an exciting one uh, for hockey in general. I'm really glad to have this platform and uh, thankful for everyone who has signed up to be a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show. There was no early access this week, and I apologize uh, to the patrons for that. The fact is, All of these interviews were right at the end of the week, so just had time to edit everything and put it all together and just put the show together. Uh, So usually there are two, three, sometimes even four days uh, before the interview happens and uh, then the show comes out. Uh, That was not the case this week, so uh, my apologies to the patrons about that, but uh, moving forward, that's one of the reasons, uh, probably the biggest reason most people do sign up to be a patron is to get early access to uh, all the interviews and content on the show and so quick shout out to everybody who has done that all right that's it for this week's episode uh no again no show next week because of christmas the pipeline show will be back in 2020 that first week just in time for the end of the world junior championship the chl trade deadline right around the corner then and we get into the uh, stretch drive towards the playoffs in every league you can think of. It's a fun time to be a hockey fan, no question about that. Until the next episode, get out and watch some junior college hockey or the World Junior Championship so that you and I can talk about it next time here on the Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Keith Flaming. See ya! See ya!